Yes, 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 people, and welcome to a special edition of Echo Chamber. So this episode, we're just going to be recapping the 62nd London Film Festival. You know, I'm just going to run through the films that I got the chance to see, and um then kind of break it down from there, you know, try and assess which were the favourites, which were the ones that were slightly kind of, you know, let down for me, just from my point of view, and um, yeah, that will be it, you know, it's just a little fun recap, okay, alright, so the crazy thing is, I actually saw... 43 films through the whole festival I didn't realise it was that many I just kind of added it all up Which is just like, god damn it No wonder I am shattered right now um, So it it was 43 But technically I'd say I, I watched 42 Because one of the films was all subtitles, and I didn't, like, I didn't know, and I, I spoke to the people at BFI, and we tr- were trying to work things out, and we all figured that this film was just an okay film to see, you know, for myself, and when I realised the whole film was going to be subtitled, the screen was so dark, and it was a screen that I'm not used to, so I couldn't leave, because I couldn't see anything, and so I know people had their bags out and shit like that, so if I tried to go, likelihood I would have fallen over everyone's shit, and it would have been crazy, so I sat in, tried to watch it, but yeah, I I couldn't take anything in at all, so yeah, 43 films I sat through, 42 I paid attention to, let's, let's say that, um, now, what happened was like everything started earlier for um you know for critics and stuff like that you know the festival itself opened on the 10th of october but you know there were screenings from the 24th of november um 24th of September, yeah, it couldn't have been November, 24th of September, so they they were holding like press screenings from then, because there's so many films, there wasn't the opportunity to be able to see everything, and also there, there was a lot of interviews uh, and panels, so the idea was trying to see things before all the interviews took place, because you know, it, you don't in an ideal world, you don't want to interview people before seeing the film. Now, there were a few occasions where I had to do that. Um, but, you know, it, it, you, you make of it what you do. And I think the, the, the key for myself was that it's asking just not just run-of-the-mill questions, really... And so, you know, I I tried to kind of think of different things and I knew the synopsis of the film, so I broke it down from there. But, you know, it's it's not the best, but that's why films started on the 24th. Um, So the first thing I saw was Wildlife, which was um, starring Carrie Mulligan and Jake Jake Gyllenhaal playing a couple on the rocks. 
Um, it was, and it's from director Paul Danu, and, and that wasn't a bad film. It was a nice uh, film set in the nineteen fifties, and I enjoyed it. You know, there was a few things that I felt could have been sharper, but all in all, I enjoyed that film. The next up was Support the Girls. This was from Andrew Bolkowski, and. I think the problem I had with this was that it is classified as, this is what it says in some of the breakdown, a big-hearted comedy. Now, this was not a comedy. If this had just said it was a drama or or a, a day in the life, that would have been fine. But classing it as a comedy really hurt the film because I didn't laugh once. Um, next was Mandy. Oh my God, this was insane. So Nicolas Cage gives perhaps his most unhinged performance yet in this wild psychedelic slice of ultraviolence for the ages. And it was a lot of fun. It was classic, crazy Nick Cage. So yeah, definitely fun. Uh, then I saw They'll Love Me When I'm Dead. Um, and this was a uh, scintillating documentary that features a wealth of archive footage and contemporary interviews um, telling the little-known story of Orson Welles' unfinished film, The Other Side of the Wind. This was really interesting. And I was lucky to talk to the director about the film. And, yeah, it was fascinating because, you know, I found out things that I didn't even know. Uh, so that was good. That is, you know, it's very interesting and it will be on Netflix very soon. Next up was Thunder Road. Ah, Thunder Road is a great film. You know, following the death of his mother, an emotionally unstable cop sees his life slowly unravel in this bracingly uncomfortable, tragic comedy. It's great. It's not, I think it's an hour and a half. Um, So well worth a watch if you get the opportunity, I would say. Now the festival is opening and so I saw Widows. Um, and this was from Academy Award winner and BFI fellow Steve McQueen. Um, and it opened the festival. It was a pulsating style with this female fueled heist thriller that features a cast to die for. And it really did. And it really was, you know, um, definitely a good film to see. Uh, then I saw Colette, which, um, yeah, was different. It's a witty, burlesque biopic starring Kira Knightley and Dominic West as a literary couple, Colette and Willie, whose relationship rewrote social and gender rules. It was an interesting film because I think it covered things I didn't even know. I didn't even know um, from the time. 
there were kind of moments I think that needed a bit more fleshing out and to show the reasoning behind actions but it, it you know it was a um it was a good film uh then I saw sorry to bother you this was a bit of a wild card because I knew nothing about it I think I was just trying to fill in uh gaps so I didn't have a huge time difference between um a couple of films and um yeah it's um yeah i enjoyed it it's a a, a mild mannered call center operator whizzes up the operator ladder after he discovers a new a unique ability to adopt a white voice <laughs> in right writer director boots riley's breathlessly inventive satire um then I saw um, uh, the new um, Neil Marshall film, Happy New Year, Colin Burstead. Um, a pared down approach shows off a quieter side to, sorry, it's Ben Wheatley. It was a Ben Wheatley film. Stupid me. Um, yeah. It was funny, razor sharp observation of English family dysfunction. And that's what it was, you know, it it wasn't flashy, it wasn't, like, big, but it was, like, interesting, because it just kind of dealt with those, um, you know, the quiet side of things, those intimate relationships that family members have with each other. Uh, then it was Breaker Uppers. Um, this rambunctious New Zealand comedy finds two women running a relationship Break up service and a new client who jeopardizes their professional and personal relationship, which was interesting. It was funny as well, you know. Yeah, you know, it, it was in the vein of the New Zealand kind of comedic films that we've been seeing of late. Um, then I saw Jin. A black LA teenager is torn between traditional Islam and notoriety for becoming the popular Halle Hottie in this powerful take on identity and sexuality. It was really interesting. Um, I went to the premiere, so there was a Q&A um, after the film that I think really kind of touched on some of the gaps that seem to be within the film itself so um when i reviewed it i played the q and a afterwards and i really think that kind of um answers some of the issues that i originally thought i had with the film you know uh because it wasn't anything big it was just like well the time frame between this and this, but then, you know, I asked the question in the Q&A, and they, yeah, they kind of really touched on things and let you know about the whole editing process and why things played out like they did. Then it was the um, the new film from Bill Nye, uh, so it was Sometimes, Always, Never, and it starred Bill Nye, Sam Riley, and Alice Lowe. And, you know, ah, 
it was very nice. It's a stylish, heartfelt comedy drama about a Scrabble-obsessed tailor searching for a lost son. Uh, next up was Aqueli Aurelia. Um <laughs> I think I pronounced it right this time. Ah, oh, it was funny because um, I I got a chance to sit down with the director Victor Koskanskovsky, and um, yeah, he he uh, thought it was amusing the way I butchered the title of the film, but you know it was. Um, the word means watercolor in English. So it is a very fitting title because um, the film is about water and all its different elements. So it was fascinating. Next up was Duplicate, um, the peculiar story of two identical young men unfolds in this imaginative, low-key sci-fi fable featuring Baby Driver star Ansel Egort. I sat down with Billy Oliver, the director, um, and I wish I'd been able to talk to him before I saw the film, actually, because talking with him gave me a new insight on the film. So, look, some of the issues that I refer to in my review of the film, I think you kind of have to go, well, no... Like, knowing what you, I found out from speaking with Billy, you kind of think, well, these aren't really issues now. Because when you look at a film from this context, I understand fully why it is the way it is. Um, but, you know, these things happen. Then I saw Been So Long... Um, so Chewing Gum star Michaela Cole leads a talented cast in Tinge Krishman's contemporary London musical, which reimagines Camden as a romantic neon-soaked wonderland. Uh, this is being sold as the English La La Land. Hmm. Uh, then it was Beautiful Boy. Uh, Steve Carroll and Timothy Charlemat give a blistering performance as father and son in this gripping story of a family dealing with addiction over many years. I um I went to the the secret film and it was it turned out to be Green Book, which is um a working class italian american bouncer becomes the driver of an african american classical pianist on a tour of venues through the 1960s american south it was interesting yeah it was interesting there was there were definite issues with the film but it was a pleasant it was a pleasant watch you know um then it was the front runner which is a crazy story that is actually real so Hugh Jackman leads this pulsating political drama from director Jason Reitman um 
detailing a watershed moment for the American press in its coverage of political life. Indeed. Then I saw Life Itself. This was the heart-rendering complexities of life are embraced in a multi-layered love story from This Is Us creator Dan Fogelman. Then Dragged Across Concrete, which was the um, new film from S. Craig Zyla, who has done Bone Tomahawk and Brawl in Cell Block 99. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely brutal and uncompromising. Um, then it was They Shall Not Grow Old, which on the, on the centenary of the First World War, Academy Award winner Peter Jackson presents the world premiere of an extraordinary new work revealing the Great War as you have never seen it before. And he really did. And the great thing is, this is now on a more um, a wider release. So I think there's different screenings happening. So if you go to the website, I think the website is just They Shall Not Grow Old. You'll be able to find out how you can see this film. Then it was Peter Lou. So Mike Lee orchestrates a superb ensemble cast in this rousing tale of working class uprising and its violent suppression in Manchester in 1819. Yeah, this this was um yeah, this was whew, another crazy moment in history that didn't know anything about. So it was an interesting film to see. Then you had the fight Jessica Hines' directorial debut is a life-affirming lesson in the importance of learning to stand up for yourself. Very enjoyable. Uh, Outlaw King, Scotland battles for its soul against England. Yeah, we know who won that in the end. (laughs) As director Dave McKenzie's Gutsy historical drama brings underdog Robert the Bruce thrillingly to life. Definitely better to the um, 90s Robert the Bruce film. Uh, Then it was The Favourite, which is Yorgos Lanthimos's third English language film. He also directed The Lobster and The Killing of a Sacred Deer. It's a rollicking virtuoso form with Oliver, Olivia Coleman, Emma Stone, Rachel Wise. Reveling in the wit of uh, royal court life. Um, then there was Cam. This was something that, yeah, I wasn't intending to see um i found that i had a big gap and so i was looking and yeah this this was available so i jumped in and yeah definitely surprised it's an erotic webcam performer is plunged into a nightmarish world of duplicity and fear in this provocative techno shocker um, then next up was Blaze, directed by Ethan Hawke. This biopic of 
folk singer Blaze Foley is a love letter to musicians everywhere and to the poetics of drunken songwriters as cowboy outlaws. This, yeah, definitely took me by surprise. Definitely took me by surprise. Um, Then there was Can You Ever Forgive Me? Melissa McCarthy gives a powerful performance as audacious literary forger and caustic wit Lee Israel in this darkly humorous biopic from director Mariella Heller. Um, Then it was Only You, rising stars Joss O'Connor, and Leila Costa sizzle in this refreshingly honest romantic drama. It was funny. It was, it was set in Scotland, but the main stars weren't Scottish. Which was, yeah, I don't know. It was an odd choice, but hey-ho. Um, then I saw Lady World. Welcome to Lady World, a shadowy dwelling where... Tensions run high and nothing is ever quite what it seems. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Amanda Kramer, who was a delight. Um, She was extremely engaging and, man, I I wish that we had a chance to talk for longer. But after talking with her, I knew I had to see this film. And so it... Managed to work things that I was able to go see it. Then there was Dublin Old School. So rave culture, lost love and brotherly bonds are seen through the prism of a neurotic haze in this adrenaline rush of an Irish drama. Yeah, it was... Yeah, it was okay. It was okay. Um, Then Assassination Nation, the Salem Witch Trials are given a digital overhaul in this ferocious femme exploitationer. And this is pretty insane. It's a pretty insane film. Definitely that. Um, I don't know, it's weird. From reports I've seen, it hasn't, like, taken America by storm, but... I definitely think it's something to watch. Um, Then into the last weekend of the festival, I I caught A Private War from Matthew Heinemann. Um, uh, He makes a striking, dramatic debut with this pulse-racing biopic of the Sunday Times war correspondent Maria Colvin. Um, who was killed in 2012 whilst reporting from Syria. And Rosman Pike gives a fantastic performance in this film. I then went to see um, Benjamin in Simon Anstall's affecting bittersweet comedy. A rising young filmmaker is thrown into emotional turmoil by a burgeoning romance and the upcoming premiere of his second feature. It's it's definitely, you know, a smaller kind of film. And I think at the beginning you think it's going one way, but it then just wins you over. 
Uh, then I saw if Bill Street could talk. Barry Jenkins follows his Oscar winning Moonlight with an audacious, distinctive and assured adaptation of James Baldwin's account of love, injustice and racism in America. It it was a really it was a really good film. Um a really good film and it fools you into believing that the ending could have been different. Yeah. Uh and then I saw the hate you give. Um this powerful adaption of Angie Thomas's young adult novel stars Amanda Denberg as a teenager who witnesses the fatal police shooting of her childhood friend. Hmm. I look. I had issues with this film, but I mean that's solely because of um. Ain't just the situations I've been in myself. You know the way I grew up, where I grew up, that kind of thing. So I see things. In a completely different You know light But I went with my friend Tash And She thoroughly enjoyed the film But you know When we talk it's like you know She def- she had a different You know she Yeah different school life A different Grew up in a different place So it's very interesting But it's good Because it's good that she did grow up like that um then on the Sunday I saw Stan and Ollie. Steve Coogan and John C. Riley give a delightfully bang on target performance as comedy's most famous double act as they enter their twilight years. I did worry about this, but I definitely feel that it's something that your parents would would be able to go watch. You know, it's it's not offending, and it's nice. I then saw um, Mari. So, Modern Dance is an evocative narrative tool in Georgia Paris's debut, which investigates a young woman's identity and the complex relationship she has with her mother and sister. I've I've again I had a pleasure of sitting down with Georgia and it was another fantastic conversation uh, she's yeah the passion was evident you know um and it was another one where you feel I wish I had had longer um yeah and so I was really happy that I was able to see this because I didn't think I was going to be able to uh then there was the Ballad of Buster Shrugs. Um, it's an anthology of half a dozen Western tales um, from the Sh- from the Coen Brothers. It will be on Netflix soon, so um, if you are interested, you'll be able to find it there. Uh, yeah, three other like documentaries I saw were um, after the screaming stops. <laughs> so um Brock Sex 
Brossette rejoice, Matt and Lucas take on the big screen and each other in this candid documentary charting the twin pop sensation Stormy Reunion. And Craig is nowhere to be seen. <laughs> um, then there was the plan. Um, a plan to avoid job losses of a, at a factory in 1976 becomes the starting point for an inclusive, incisive account of our current and future economic situation. This was from uh, Steve Strong, Sprung. Um, fascinating. It's very long, but it is fascinating. And I had a, a really fascinating conversation with Steve. Um, it was crazy. It was, I wasn't sure it was going to happen. There was a lot of missing each other. But we finally sat down. It was a shame because there was it was a bit of a noisy um, hotel lobby. But I think the I think the audio is clear enough to hear what we're both saying and it's definitely something that um yeah i think people should listen to and i'll be putting that out um probably next week and then there was united stakes united skates a charming and dynamic tribute to the electrifying underground African-American roller skating scene whose future looks in doubt. This was from Deanna Winkler and um, it is fascinating. It's something I had no clue about. And it's interesting because I didn't think it was something that um was in the uk but after you know i i sat down with diana and she informed me that uk skaters were at one of the big events and with their own unique styles so that's interesting and diana another fantastic interview you know um so that's another interview that you should check out in the um in the last 12 episodes of um, Echo Chamber, I think it might have been episode 9, but I might be wrong. But uh, yeah, it was fascinating. Um, so, you know, that's that's 42 friggin' films there, people. And um, I, I think if we look at them all, like some of the you know the the films I didn't particularly gravitate to was you know I think as I mentioned support the girls and I think that's a branding issue I don't think they should call it a comedy you know I think that hurts it a lot um I think at first I wasn't sure about duplicate it was okay but after, as I said, look, after speaking with Billy, it kind of changed my perspective on it. So I think I will have to sit down, watch it again to really kind of see how it I, I feel about this film. Um, but being so long, I, I that it just didn't connect with me at all. Didn't connect with me. I hated all the songs. 
hated all the songs. And I think that's the problem. If you go to a musical and the music doesn't work for you, then, um, yeah, you're onto a loser there. You know, yeah. Um, what were the other ones? I think Life Itself just just couldn't couldn't get on with life itself at all but i think i didn't like <laughs> i don't like um you know the um this is us i know a couple of my friends i know liana and cindy love it i just yeah i just can't just can't get my head around it so that wasn't for me only you yeah just had issues with only you it just didn't work for me didn't work as a romantic piece i didn't buy the romance and also it was weird because it kind of seemed to be setting itself as a comedy but then it had all the, but but then it clearly wasn't a comedy you know, so it was a bit like, ugh, the, these kind of situations aren't really working. Um, like Dublin old school, yeah, it didn't really work. I couldn't, I couldn't really f- get on with it. You know, yeah, I kind of feel that it was um, trying to be something like human traffic. But it just, for me, it wasn't, it it just wasn't anywhere near human traffic, you know. Um, then, I mean, the hate you give, I just, I just couldn't get on with that. But, yeah, as I said, look, that was purely, I feel, a me thing rather than it being a bad film. Uh, and the Ballad of Buster Shrugs, it's kind of six chapters, so I think I enjoyed, I really enjoyed three, one was okay, and then two, mm, not great, so, yeah, you know, it's one of those, but I, I have to say, Things that I absolutely loved. I really enjoyed Mandy. I think that is a great, crazed Nicolas Cage outing. So well worth like watching it if you like crazy-ass Nick Cage. <clears throat> uh, Thunder Road, really just a lovely, a lovely, lovely film. Uh, yeah, it's just great, you know, the way it just depicts all this stuff happening, um, a really good performance from Jim Cummings, uh, Widows, I think, you know, you've probably heard it, Widows is just a really great gripping film, and it's got some really good twists in that I definitely wasn't expecting, um, I was surprised by Happy New Year, Colin Burstead. I definitely enjoyed it more than I thought I would. 
and again, sometimes, always, never the Bill Nye film. Yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed that film. Um, Aquelia, I, I, you know, what I mean, if someone told me that. I'm going to like a film about water, like straight up about water with no dialogue. I'd have laughed in their face. But this was so fascinating. It really was. Um, Beautiful Boy was a fantastic film. Look, I said it in my review. This film I can see being up for a lot of awards. Definitely up for a lot of awards. Um, I think then we've got, what was the fight? I really liked the fight. It was a a really nice story from Jessica Haynes. Um, a story that kind of takes you, uh, like takes you, um, I can't think of the word. Ah, takes you by surprise. Don't know, how can I forget surprise? It's not a difficult word. God damn it, people. Yeah, it takes you by surprise, I think. In, um, like, as the story unfolds, you know, you're like, oh, so she was, okay, interesting. So, yeah, uh, the favourite was really good. There's another good one. Um, Lady World, definitely thoroughly enjoyed Lady World and as soon as it gets UK distribution you definitely need to go watch that film uh Mari another film really enjoyable and it it kind of really shows that dynamic between family and dance it's yeah Really enjoyed it. I think my two um, two f- surprise films and the things that I think really hit me the most this festival. Sorry to bother you because I didn't know what to expect from this. I had no clue what it was. Uh Look, I said it in my review. This film, for me, kind of captured that early Spike Lee energy. It was a really good film. And, look, needs to be seen. I definitely feel that you need to go watch that film. Um, And I'm looking forward to Boots Riley's next offering. And then the other film, Blaze. Yeah. I really loved Blaze. It completely shook me. I have to say, I, I just, I think it was just seeing the love on screen, you know, seeing this relationship that just couldn't last. That it was so sad. It really upset me. I, I just. Yeah, and you were just, you know, you saw the, you saw it, how it affected Blaze and um, Sybil, and 
Yeah, it just leaves, it's with you when you leave the screen, you're thinking about this film, it just hits you in the heart hard, it really does, so I, I, I say, yeah, Blaze and I'm Sorry to Bother You were, I think, my films of the festival, but yeah, were definitely a load of films in in these 42 that I I thoroughly enjoyed. So out of the ones that I didn't, you know what I mean? That's like on one hand. So yeah, I think that's a great percentage. I've had a fantastic festival. All the staff at the BFI were incredible. They were so helpful. Um, especially, I have to say, Vicky and Nancy, because if it wasn't for their help, I would not have seen all the films that I saw, you know what I mean? Because, like, to go to see a film in a cinema, I have to sit in the front, because I can't any, if if I sit anywhere else, I'm not seeing the film. And even sitting in the front of the cinema... I'm still not getting everything, you know, you're not picking up on, like, little facial expressions, some body language, any text that really appears on the screen, so, you know, I mean, I'm missing that, but if I sat any further back, I'd miss everything, and so, Vicky and Nancy ensured that I, I... you know, if I was coming to a screening and, you know, I was there, they'd reserve a seat at the front for me. You know what I mean? So it wasn't a case of stopping anyone else from seeing it, but I was always getting into that screening because I was there in the queue. But yeah, they would make sure that I had a seat at the front. And that was incredible. You know, I've, I've, that really did make this festival. And as I said, look, all the other staff were crazy friendly and helpful. Even the the other staff at the cinemas, they were all good, man. So it was a great festival. Um, I really enjoyed all the premieres I went to. The Q&As were really interesting. Got to ask a couple of questions. So that's always good. And um, yeah. I am thoroughly looking forward to the 63rd London Film Festival. It's just, god damn it, it's going to be another year. But I think that's probably a good thing because I feel so tired. So tired. It's just like, I, I went to, um, I went to something at the South Bank in midday Sunday as part of the Literature Festival. And I felt like a zombie sitting there. I uh, I blacked out a few times for sure, you know. So um, yeah, this fe- it, it was crazy. It drains you like you don't even realize. You know, walking out of every screening, it, I, I felt like a zombie because I couldn't see. It took so long for my eyes to readjust in the light, and so I must have probably walked past a bunch of people. 
who I've been chatting to throughout this festival, and they're like, what the fuck, but yeah, couldn't see anything, I'm like a zombie, so that was always crazy, but yeah, the last few days were so cold as well, so damn cold, so right now, I'm, I'm, I need to catch up on sleep, my throat is just a bit mash up, but I wouldn't change anything, man, it was, it was a great festival, I had great conversations with people so um look i hope you found the echo chamber helpful you know with all the reviews and the interviews and the q and a's that were posted over the 12 days of the festival this is just you know my little roundup of things and i've got a couple of specials that will be dropping Between now and next week, they're probably going to be coming, I don't know, they might be the end of this week, but it depends, I've I've got so much to catch up on, but yeah, there's a couple of specials coming, one on the plan, um, and one on a film called Doozy, so um, yeah, look out for those, and um, yeah, we'll see what we're going to do with this podcast you know, I, I think the plan is to make it weekly and we'll just be kind of reviewing films, doing a top 10, you know, all that good stuff. But we'll see how it goes. OK, so thank you for everyone that listened. Share it with your friends. And remember, look, Echo Chamber might be closing down for a minute. But there will still be echoes from the void every Wednesday. So, um, yo, I'll see you there. All right. Peace.